I'm Sheldon Brown. This is The Bike Show on Resonance 104.4 FM. listening to The Bike Show on Resonance 104.4 FM. My name's Jack Thurston and across the desk from me in the studio is sat Mr Fixit, <laughs> at least for this evening, Eric Gouster of Cycle Training UK, who is here to talk about getting trained to be able to fix your own bike. Welcome to the show, Eric. Hello, thanks, right. When did, was the last mechanical disaster you had? Uh, probably something to do with the bottom bracket and, uh, you know, on its last legs. That's probably the And you took care of it yourself? Just about, just about. Need some friends. A little bit later in the show, Eric is going to be talking about the courses that Cycle Training UK runs down in Southwark Park and as well giving away a free uh, class to become at least a beginner or intermediate level Mr Fix-It or Miss Fix-It when it comes to bicycle maintenance. Um, But before we talk about bicycle maintenance and uh, getting skilled at, at, at fixing your own bike, um, we turn back to beautiful rural South Devon. Um, Last week on the show we featured Paul Wanacott down in South Brent, the man with a thousand bicycles and not quite sure what he's going to do with them all. And um, on the same trip down to South Devon, I uh, went and did a little investigation into what is known as Transition Town Totnes and uh, particularly took a look at their um, growing interest in bicycling as a form of sustainable transport and uh, here is a report about that.
The town of Totnes in South Devon has always had something of a reputation for being a little alternative. It certainly has more than its fair share of dreadlocked eco-warriors and uh, quite a few shops where you'd be able to find a healing crystal if you wanted to buy one or buy a bag of fair trade organic lentils. Over the past couple of years, a very interesting movement called Transition Town Totnes has sprung up and really captured the imagination of many of the local residents there. And even more than that, the Transition Town movement has spread to other parts of the UK and the world. The Transition Town movement concerns itself largely with issues of peak oil and climate change and is seeking to achieve a change in the fundamentals by which society organises itself around sustainable resource use. Nevertheless, many of the residents of Totnes and the surrounding area, because it's quite a rural area, are incredibly dependent upon their cars for getting around. And this presents a fundamental contradiction for the whole transition town idea. With this in mind, the people behind transition town Totnes are starting to look at bicycles and the potential that bicycles have for providing a sustainable and realistic transport alternative to the motor car. A couple of weeks ago, I attended the very first meeting of the Transition Town Totnes cycling group. But before I did that, I went to meet with two of the prime movers in Transition Town Totnes, Naresh Giangrande and Rob Hopkins, and I asked them to fill me in on the fundamentals of the Transition Town idea. trying to work out how, how you can put an, an industrial growth economy into a system which is producing less carbon year after year and in fact um, producing virtually no carbon and, and how do you make that transition. So that's the sort of first transition that, that is I think most people are, are aware of. But there's also a number of others. For instance, there's peak oil, there's the, the, uh, the, the concept which is that oil is a finite resource which nobody has any debate about. Oil is, is reaching the point where we're, we're at about the halfway point of extraction which means that we're going to be getting less and less oil every year after we reach that point where we start going down the other side of that curve. We're facing crisis around food, topsoil, water in, in various forms all around the world. So there's a whole series of drivers for, for transition, the transition movement. A town using far less energy and far fewer resources if properly planned for and, and designed could live far better, far more pleasurably with far fewer resources. And why did it start in Totnes? Well, I think you probably have to ask my colleague uh, Rob Hopkins here about that because he was the one who, who brought it here from Ireland. Okay, Rob. Uh, well, I'd been living and working in Ireland uh, for, for a long time uh, in Kinsale at, the, at a college there where we had the first two-year full-time permaculture course. And on the last year of that course, when we found out about peak oil with the students, we did the, designed the first what we called an energy descent plan of looking at the town and how it might make the transition away from oil dependency in such a way that where it got to at the end of that process was preferable to where it had started from. So that, then when I moved to Totnes, my idea was that we could take that idea and develop it much further because it had really basically just been a student project. The idea was to do a version which was much, much more embedded in the community and involved the community a lot more. And out of that, over 
the last couple of years has emerged the transition model which is now um been taken up by 35 formal transition initiatives around the were around the country and, and then another f- over 500 around the world who are at the early stages of it. What can you see that's changed since you brought this initiative to Topness? Okay, um, I suppose one of the things is that when people, a lot of people you talk to think about questions of oil depletion now, rather than thinking about it with a sense of foreboding, they think about it with a sense of anticipation about the possibilities. Uh, that's really, I think, w- one of the main achievements here. Rob Hopkins and Naresh Giangrande I then went to speak with Lou Brown, who also works at Transition Town Totnes, who's organising the cycling group. And I asked her what were the particular problems and challenges facing cyclists in and around Totnes. It's an incredibly hilly rural area. Tonight's cycling discussion is going to be tackling some of the obstacles to cycling in this area. Um, Often cycle pressure groups are very orientated around the urban setting, um, wonderful work that they do. And we're going to be looking tonight at the more rural situation that we find ourselves in in Totnes. So things like, you know, very high hedges, um, fast, narrow roads, um, you know, issues of road safety, as well as just the fact that because it's not a huge population, we don't have the same kind of driver awareness of cycling, of cyclists that one does if one is in the city. Because looking around here, there are quite a lot of the uh, Sustrans cycle routes, but do you think those are mostly for leisure purposes or do you think people are using those on day-to-day basis, getting around from where they live to where they're going to work or where they're going to buy things? What, what's your perception of the cycle route network in this area? I think there are some fantastic cycle routes near here. Um, the Dartington to Totnes route is really heavily used by students and also local residents. I'm sure that people cycle from Dartington all the time to buy their produce in Totnes. And you see a lot of heavily laden panniers and trailers going up and down that track. I think, though, outside of a few main cycle routes, you don't see, for example, even as far as Buckfast Lee or Riverford Shop in Staverton, so we're talking sort of three to five miles away, the roads become very congested with big articulated lorries and it can feel like you really take your life in your own hands. And as a confident urban cyclist who's moved back to Devon after a few years in the city in Bristol, I have found it a really big transition to get my head around cycling rurally. And I think, you know, it's not just this idea of cycling as a leisure pursuit that you do with your families on Sunday, but actually a realistic method of transport that you cycle to work every day. But I think it's going to take a lot of work to get there. But I think there's a lot of us who are up for it. I went along with Lou to the meeting she'd organised to discuss cycling in Totnes. And I was really impressed by the turnout. Needless to say, most of them were already cyclists. So it wasn't exactly... Uh, bringing in new people to cycling but nevertheless a very interesting discussion ensued and after the discussion I asked a few of those who'd attended for their perspectives on cycling in and around Totnes. Fantastic and beautiful places around here to cycle. What isn't so great is it's extremely hilly and when you're as old as I am that's a bit of a hassle sometimes but um, I have done long cycle rides for several days at a time across Dartmoor, across Devon and um, even though it is very exhausting and hilly it's uh, by the time you've been cycling for three days you don't want to ever get into a car again and what do you think a meeting like this and a discussion like this can achieve? 
I hope it's going to um, encourage a few of the people that as yet are rather tentative cyclists to really go for it more wholeheartedly because um, there are a few people here who, who would like to cycle much more but haven't got the courage yet. So um, I hope that will be one effect. I'd also hope that we can really um, make, um, uh, make an impact on prioritising cycling in Totnes and you know, on the, in the small roads around here because that's certainly, um, certainly much needed. As someone who's several times been knocked off my bike by cars, I, I really know the danger of it and how, how, um, how much that puts a lot of people off. But uh, it's never put me off because I love cycling, despite being knocked off and despite several broken bones over the last few years. Um, I wouldn't do anything else. And what do you think you can do to uh, spread that enthusiasm to other people who aren't cycling at the moment in Totnes? Um, well, <laughs> I've already made a, a date with one of the people here who's come tonight who says she's never cycled for more than 20 minutes at a time to take her on a cycle ride for two or three hours one Sunday afternoon to a place, to one of the places that I really love. So where, where have you come from this evening? From Dartmouth. I've cycled in from Dartmouth. Which How far is that? Uh, 15 miles. It's a jolly long way, very hilly. And what was that like tonight? It was a rainy night tonight. Luckily the rain stopped earlier today, but uh, I did cycle through a flood and uh, up to my ankles in, in water in the flood. Uh, but it's just great, even so, it's just great to be out in, in the countryside um, cycling along. I saw a shooting star and it just, just makes it uh, a great evening. And so why do you think there are so many people that aren't riding bikes here? There, there are a lot of barriers. Um, you know, the main thing is the, the kind of mental uh, attitude. You've, you've really got to get into it. Um, once you get into it and get into the habit, it all becomes a lot easier, of course. So um, that, that's a big part of it, I think. And what can a group like this achieve, do you think? Well, it's, it's, it's been great this evening. It's just been a great um, enthusiasm and energy. And, um, you know, we can all help each other to... to to do it more and, and to get out there. So I think that's the way to go. Tell me about your ride every day into Totnes. It's getting on for 10 miles. Um, depending on whether I go on the main road or the back lanes can take anything from just under an hour to well over an hour. But um, it's generally very enjoyable. Um, is getting me much fitter, <laughs> which um, which was something I was sort of really setting myself as a goal for this winter, and would have just put off if I didn't, you know, have to just go for it every morning. This morning, um, so yesterday morning was probably the wettest, windiest, wildest, roughest ride I've had into work, and I started to sort of doubt my sanity, <laughs> but. Um, I'm really glad I'm doing it. Um, I think by doing it, I'm just showing in a gen genuine way that it's possible. And um, you know, it's only a small example, but people around me who see me doing it sort of have remarked that they sort of made them stop and think, oh, yeah, maybe I could do that too.
Well, those were some views of local residents on the challenges and the pleasures of cycling in rural Devon. The following day, I met with Councillor Robert Vint, who serves on the local district council and is chair of the Transportation Forum for Totnes. And I began by asking him what were the real challenges at the heart of Totnes's transportation issues. We have a, a major uh, congestion problem in the town. Um, we're in the high street right now, and um, for a lot of the day, there was uh, um, a high level of car traffic coming up uh, uh, a very narrow medieval um, high street. We have uh, tiny pavements, and basically, people have to uh, constantly be giving way to the traffic. Um, so, there is there's quite a high demand really for an increased level of pedestrian priority. And that's despite the fact of there having been a bypass some years ago. The, the current bypass is, um, is block solid um, in, during the rush hour times in morning and evening. I imagine that if a larger bypass was built, was built that would quite soon block solid as well. So, uh, so bypasses are not the solution? They're not the long-term solution. The problem is just going to keep growing really and, and, and until, until car use changes, you know, if... for oil runs out I suppose that's eventually a sort of solution but uh, until then you know basically I, I think we're going to have to designate areas where pedestrians have rights over cars um, which doesn't mean banning cars but it, it means um, it means cars will have to, to give way to pedestrians in a, in a much more effective way than they are doing at the moment I also think it sh should be a lot easier to, to, to cycle in the town than it is at the moment because we are stood here at the foot of quite a steep hill and that is the characteristic of the area around here and that was certainly something that came out of yesterday night's discussion about uh, the challenges of cycling in this region is that it's very hilly. Um, there's not much you can do about hills but what could local government do uh, to make cycling better and, and, and more accessible in this area? Well, we have several uh, cycle paths in the area. Uh, at the moment they're not joined up with one another there are no sort of designated cycle routes through the town or recommended cycle routes either. Uh, we have uh, two cycle paths, one on each side of the town. Um, my feeling is there's, um, there's major potential for joining them up, for adding some more cycle routes. I do feel that a, a larger percentage of the budget that is allocated uh, for roads and transport could be earmarked uh, for cycle purposes. How much do you currently spend on cycling? Highways expenditure is actually done by the county council, which is a different council to the one that, that I'm on. So I don't actually have those figures. I it's, have. Uh, it's crumbs at the table rather than uh, what it should be. It is, I believe so, yes. What can you do as the district council? Yes. It's fairly limited what we can do. The district council, however, does draw up the development plan for the town. Um, which includes um, traffic and transport issues, although it doesn't implement the traffic and transport component of that, it does draw up the overall plan. Um, and I know that uh, quite a few groups uh, around town have come up with uh, suggestions for uh, giving increased priority to, to cyclists. Um, in general, they were not talking about closing the high street off and turning it into a cycle-only route, but um, they were talking about giving priority to cyclists um, in various streets around the town. Um, there was a suggestion, which was quite interesting, that residential streets, um, whilst they might need to have car access, don't need to have through traffic in every case. And if a street wants to, wants to have 
access only in there but not through traffic they could consider putting bollards at one end of the street so that uh, pedestrians cyclists could go right through but only the uh, cars of the people living there would actually come into the street. And how about looking beyond Totnes itself to the wider area? There are people who live in um, the uh, villages, the small towns in the area who want to come into Totnes and maybe want to ride a bike in but find that the uh, roads and the lanes are difficult because people drive their cars pretty fast on fairly narrow roads and lanes and, and as a cyclist you risk getting squashed into the side or at least you feel that perception. We only have two current um, designated cycle paths that lead into the town, so most of the villages don't have uh, an off-road route in. As the lanes, as you say, are extremely narrow, um, with high hedges on either side, um, really the only thing that could make it safer for cyclists using those routes would be if the speed of the traffic was slower, and there are, there are limits to um, A, setting the speed limits lower, and B, enforcing lower speed limits. There are also several villages around here that could be connected to the town by by cycle routes. Um, two options that are being look, looked at are either having dedicated cycle routes that take a completely different route from the road. Another one is having a cycle route that actually just goes down behind the hedge on the other side of a, the hedge on the main road. And there are, there are several locations around the town where that option has been, been looked at. Last night, it was agreed that there should be a uh, Totnes cycle group formed. Do you think that's a positive step? Well, I think creation of groups like this is the best way for the um, for the community and the and the, the councils to interact. We have a, a traffic and transport forum. It brings together all the different groups in in the town that represent different aspects of traffic concerns. That means we actually have a a single place where we can bring all the traffic issues together and try and resolve the conflicts in the town between drivers and pedestrians and cyclists and so on um, and draw up integrated proposals that can then go, go to the councils. So, and so the cycling group will have a seat at the table? Absolutely, yes. Well, that was Robert Vint uh, concluding uh, an examination of Transition Town Totnes and their efforts at getting more people on bikes. Very good luck to them. I said at the beginning of the show we're going to be talking about bicycle maintenance and uh, that was certainly a subject that came up during the discussion down at Transition Town Totnes. Funnily a lot of the people were really concerned about learning uh, to fix their bike and how that might put out of work the local bike shop 
Eric, they, that can't be right, can it? No, not at all, not at all. I think I think in the summer months, certainly, um, bike shops might be glad if you did a bit of your own maintenance. I think uh, waiting times are getting longer and longer. So you are offering um, some bicycle maintenance courses uh, in London. Uh, tell us about them. Um, yeah, we run um, lots of bicycle maintenance now because it seems to be very popular. And we run a basic course and an intermediate course, which are a, a day long each. And where do they take place? They take pa- place at our offices near Southwark Park, and they're virtually on every weekend now. And what, tell us a little bit about you know what you'll learn on the basic course and what you'd learn on the intermediate course, and what kind of level of proficiency you need to have for the to get onto the intermediate course. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, basically the basic course, um, we, we, you don't need to know anything really. Come along with an open mind and um, no previous knowledge needed and we'll train you from the basics of what tools to use, checking your bike over, going on to punctures and then going on to brakes and gears, basically. And so at the end of the day, what will you know that you didn't know at the beginning? Oh, how to adjust your brakes, how to index those gears, um, you know, where to look for things that might be going wrong, you know, maybe fix them, try and fix them before they're catastrophic or whatever, that kind of thing. And the intermediate course? Um, Yeah, that's a little bit more complicated. Um, That's for like the real kind of fix-it gurus out there who might want to deal with bottom brackets and changing chain rings, truing wheels, that kind of thing. A little bit more complicated, but, you know. And who's taking the courses? Are you teaching them? Um, not me personally. We've got lots of instructors that do it, that do that kind of thing. Um, yeah. And uh, how many people will be on each course? Um, each course, ten people. Okay, so it's pretty uh, small yeah. group. So you should get a lot of yeah, with attention. Two, in, two instructors. Yeah. And the best thing is that for a lot of people living in London, these courses will not cost you very much at all? No, not at all. Actually, the uh, City of London, um, Ealing and Lambeth all subsidise maintenance courses. So if you live, work or study in any of those boroughs, you can get subsidised training. So that's Ealing, Lambeth and the City of London? Yeah. So basically, Ealing's £5, you can go on a day course, or Lambeth and City of London cost you £8. So that's that's like the bargain of... Yeah, century. it is. It is. The really is. of the millennium. Yeah, save yourself 50 quid and go on a course. Yeah. And so if you don't happen to be lucky enough to live in Lambeth, Ealing or the City of London or to work or study in those places, how much would it cost? Uh, 60 quid. So it's not, that's not too bad either, is it really? No, it's a bargain. Because I mean, you know, you're basically, you're, you're, I mean, your basic kind of service that you might do on, on, a, on a bike will probably set you back that much anyway yeah exactly that's why they, they seem to be so popular because you know a lot of the most of the work you can do yourself with a bit of knowledge and it's quicker and cheaper and the courses take place at the weekends yeah saturdays and sundays obviously um most of the year and, the and year. how do people sign up give us a call at cycle training uk basically what's the up. number it's 020 Seven two three two four three nine eight, which will go straight through to the bookers. Okay, or or we'll put that um, number on the uh, website. Say it again, Eric. O two o seven two three two four three nine eight. And as a special bonus to listeners to the bike show, um, you're going to be giving away an absolutely free course to a lucky listener, right? Yes, we are. <laughs> So, uh, so what is that? What, 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 what are you going to ask of them? Um, I think we're going to ask 
fill in, tell us. I would like to go on a bike maintenance course because... I would like to go on a bicycle <laughs> maintenance course because in 20 words or less, no, well, as, in as many words as you like, and uh, make it funny. If you, and Eric will choose the one that he likes the okay. best, and uh, we will read them out if there's some good ones on the show. Um, and this also applies to the people listening to the Saturday night repeat because... Um, uh, often people who are listening on Saturday as opposed to Monday will have missed the competitions that we have, but this, they will hold this one over. So send those um, uh, responses into the email, which is bikeshow at gmail.com. I would like to go on a bicycle maintenance course because fill in the blank. Eric, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks very much, Jack. And next up is Guitar Man. Thanks for listening. Chapeau.